2019 it was shifting over, or 2020. Yeah, yeah. 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 I got a couple of moments, just different things I did. I've been preaching Give the Tears for the last, you know, three or four years. It's gotten really clear. Uh, I, I felt like the last eight years, nine years, whatever, was the gift of tears, the crushing season. And I do I do feel like that's a part of the kind of, because I feel like it's not just, the Lord's not random in anything he does. And I, I've been preaching on 1 Samuel 1. There's that phrase with Hannah. It says year by year. Or Exodus 2, in the process of time. And that the Lord doesn't waste years, decades, in the Israel story, centuries to bring forth a prayer that has generational shift in it. And that has generational shift to bring forth something. The Lord took year by year to take a barren woman, Hannah, until a prayer was born. Wow. And that prayer in one generation it broke barrenness off her womb and in one generation restored priesthood Restored prophet wow. that would anoint King David and usher in the glorious dynasty. Glory. That would, Glory. It, for whom Messiah came from. That's good. And all from a barren womb. But the Lord did not waste the year by year to bring forth a prayer. Yeah. And I feel like the Lord's been taking the last seven, eight, nine, ten years, whatever you want to say, to bring forth a shifting prayer. Because I feel like he's wanting to deliver us of just plastic, going through the motions, uh, checking off the box, clocking in, clocking out. Yeah. It's not some transactional thing. I, I am so stirred after what Cheryl spoke. Yeah. That, that it's not just clocking in, clocking out. But that God is cutting us in the gut. And he's bringing forth a prayer from the depths. Yeah. And he'll use all kinds of circumstances. He'll use the pressure and the glory. And just when we're ready to give up, we'll get the glory. Yes. Just to prepare us for more pressure. And it's this bumper car thing that goes on to bring us into something. I, I've been saying the first Samuel 1, year by year, and then I look at uh, 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 Genesis, uh, it says 32, 24. Genesis 32, 24, it says, now Jacob was left alone. <laughs> Do you understand that was a 23 year story to finally get Jacob alone before that man laid hold of him? It was a 20 year story that culminated in a midnight wrestle. Jacob had stolen everything from Esau, ran off, got caught in the Laban circus, came back. And he's hearing Esau's coming after him. And so he starts diversifying his portfolio. <laughs> Sending servants, wives. He, he does it. He's diversified. He doesn't want Esau to take out everything he's got in one swoop. Yeah, so, so finally, Jacob is alone. And he's come to the end of his own wisdom, his own strength, his own resources. And he's back into a corner. Wow. And when God found his supplanter, trickster, manipulator, back into a corner... All alone, he sees a man <laughs> walk over the brook. And this man is Jesus, pre-incarnate Christ, shows up and lays hold of him and takes him 
through a midnight wrestle that's going to culminate with Jacob turning into Israel and Israel getting a revelation of the face of God. And then that would shift into the coming season of reuniting with his brother. I love that story. I think it's uh, Hebrews. It talks about Jacob when he when he sees Joseph and all, the, and it says he leaned on his staff. Anyway, that's not my main story message tonight. I want to talk about what Cheryl's talking about because that's where I'm at. I've been preaching it, and it's still on me. I was actually talking to uh, uh, Jason on the way over here. If you went to the airport. I'm feeling the gift of tears that there's still weight on it. And I feel like he is bringing forth a depth of prayer. I feel like there's two things going on. There's a depth. But I also, what I'm also feeling now is that there's a height. Yeah. And, 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 and I think there's connecting to the heavenly reality in this hour. So I'm still feeling the weight on gift of tears. But what he's doing in me in this season is giving me this phrase, beholding Christ the intercessor. I love that I'm going to reference Cheryl's message a lot, and I'm coming to say amen to what you said because Christianity is not trying hard. It's looking at Jesus more. Yes. We're not changed by trying hard. We're not changed by doing more. We're changed by looking at him. 2 Corinthians 3.18 as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are transformed into the same image. And I feel there's Amen. three things that I believe are really important for us in this hour. Is to see Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Yes. To see Him. To see Him. With the spirit of revelation. To see the man that is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Psalm 110, I believe, is a very important psalm Amen. Psalm 110, I spent the last eight years in Psalm 2. But Psalm 110 and Psalm 2 are the two most Old Testament quoted passages in the New Testament, which means the New Testament locked eyes with the resurrection of Jesus, and they saw it through Psalm 2 and Psalm 110. In Psalm 110, David is hearing Yahweh saying to my Adonai, sit at my right hand. Till I make your enemies your footstool. Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Son, you came to the earth. You made intercession. You climbed up on that cross and made intercession for the transgressors. You died. You rose again. You ascended. I want you to sit down. And it says this. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Which means the Father is going to see that, the, that, that what Jesus died for and done, the Father is going to oversee the expansion of his kingdom. Amen. Amen. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength that is on. Which means the Father is not going to go to work for the Son. And the Father is going to give a gift to the Son. And he says, your people shall be volunteers in the day of thy power. The Father's gift to Jesus is a people, voluntary lovers, who are going to be the distributors of the extension of his rock. And then he says, you know, from the, from the womb of the morning, you shall have to do of your youth. And when you see the Lord is sworn and will not relent, you are priest forever. Thank you, Lord. According to the order of Melchizedek. Thank you, Lord. 
pristine reality. It's beautiful. I really feel like we need to lift our eyes to heaven in these days. I want to encourage you in this season to start lifting your head up. Amen. And I want you to start lifting your hands up more Amen. in prayer. Amen. I really feel like posture is important in this hour. Yeah. I feel like posture is important. And I feel like we need to begin to get reacquainted with the throne. Yeah. We need to get really reacquainted with the throne. Yeah. All right. This might bug some of you, but one of my heroes is John G. Lake. And, and uh, the Pentecostal father of the early 1900s, he wrote this thing. His friends, we've been walking around with our noses in the, in the dirt, noses in the sand, <laughs> sad about everything. He goes, I want to see Jesus. And he says, well, don't look to Calvary because you won't find him there. He says, lift up your eyes to the throne and let the throne life and the throne love and the throne power possess your soul till you become a new man in Christ Jesus and your song becomes the song of the victor and the march, the march of the conqueror. And I feel like we need that spirit that was on the early church back in our praying, in our living, that there is a man who is fully God and fully man sitting at the right hand yes. of the majesty in the heavens. Yes. Yes. Glory. Glory. Yes. It's absolutely critical. And he's an intercessor. He's a priest forever. He's a priest forever. I'm saying it to you, but what I'm telling you to do is slow down and go there. Peter comes out of that upper room, preaches on Joel, preaches on David, and then goes to Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the Father, received the Holy Spirit, and poured out the Holy Spirit on all of us today. So Peter gives us insight. The first thing Jesus got when he got there was Holy Ghost, and Jesus poured out Holy Ghost. Yes. I love Acts 7.56. Stephen, right before he gets stoned. I don't know about you, but I want a life that gets Jesus standing. You know, sometimes I'll be preaching, somebody likes it, they'll stand up. I like, you know, being thrown stuff too and yelled at and standing and all that. Jesus stood up off his seat. And Stephen goes, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand. There was this understanding in the early church that the right hand of God, his power, his glory, his intimacy. The son is in intimacy with the father. The son is, is sitting on the throne of power. Ephesians 1.19, that we would know the exceeding greatness of his power, the which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him far above. Yes. Far above. Yes. How above? Far above every principality, power, ruler, dominion, everything that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Amen. Jesus is sitting far above. And friends, if anything hit us, I feel like there's two great indictments of 2020. One, it exposed how hard the church has come to come. We've had strong opinions with dry eyes. <laughs> Strong opinions would dry up. So we've become polarized and hardened, and we've gotten even more cemented in the hardness of heart. More than anything, I feel like it's hard.
heart, and I felt like we need to get recalibrated to the throne. We've lost our perspective, and we've let Fox, MSNBC, CNN, Twitter, Barbershop Talk, everything else govern our emotions. And we've lost the anchor that enters into the presence behind the veil. Lord, help us. I love it. He does it there. Colossians 3. If you've been raised with Christ, what do you do, Paul? You take these six inches. <laughs> Remember L? When he's talking about the ribbon curls? Six, <laughs> six inches. Six inches. <laughs> six inches. <laughs> Set your mind on things above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. Hebrews 1, I love it. When by himself, I like that, he purged our sins. He said, I I got this. By himself, he purged our sins, and he is now set down at the right hand of the Father. To which of the any of the angels did he say, set at my right hand? Mm. Hebrews 4, 14 says he's passed through the heavens. He's passed through the heavens. Hebrews 8 verse 1 says, this is the main point of the book of Hebrews. There is a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Do you see him yet? Do you see him yet? We need the spirit of revelation back on the church. We need to see the risen, regnant, glorified son of God. Setting at the right yes. hand of God. Get that spirit back on us. Get the heavens open. So there's three things that are touching me. That's one. Number two, what's he doing there? He's in intercession. And this is what I've been preaching. I haven't talked to Cheryl in a while. The number two is you need to receive his intercession for you. It's really John 13. Jesus told Peter, unless you let me wash your feet, you have no part with me. You can't join him until he served you. And I've been asking every place I've been going, so I've been saying, this is the core question. How good of a receiver are you? How well do you receive? I believe that that is directly connected to your inability of the flow of the grace of God in your life. Is directly related to how well you receive. Now think about that in your new relationship. And we just think, well, that's just the way I am. No, that's a block in you. That is hindering the flow of the life of God in you. Because Christianity isn't just a thank you, Jesus, for dying. I'll take it from here. Come on. I'll take it from here. Thank you for that. And I'll spend the rest of my time proving to you why I was worthy to get that. No, you never graduate from receiving. 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 You've got to first let him do it for you before he does it through you. Hebrews 7 25. It says he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Everybody say uttermost. Uttermost. You know what that verse tells me? The the work that he has begun in you, he is going to complete. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. 
What he has started, he is going to finish. Yes, You're not standing Lord. on quicksand. You're not standing on wobbly ground. You're not wondering what kind of mood he's in. The work he's begun in justification, his intercession is bringing about sanctification, and his intercession is going to bring glorification. Yes. His death, his intercession at the cross, have got you justified. His life at the right hand of the Father is sanctifying you. And he's going to intervene in history. And it's called the intercession of the bridegroom warrior. And that's going to be our glorification. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I've always asked the question, he's able to save me to the uttermost, which means it releases the exhale back on our life. Instead of the frenetic wanderings. <laughs> I've always asked myself, well, Jesus, if you're making intercession, what's it look like? I've been asking myself this for 20 years. Is he rocking like Luke? <laughs> Is he pacing? Father said, sit down, son. What's intercession in the throne look like? Y'all need to ask yourself these questions. He's making intercession. Not made, making. Making. It's an eternal ministry. Yes. Do you know Jesus is in full-time ministry right now? Amen. No, he's not in a lazy boy. He's in ministry. Yes. It's not like he goes, okay, time out. I'll be back. No, he's in ministry. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can think of three ways that Jesus is right now making intercession for us. Number one, his presence is making intercession for us at the right hand of the Glory. Throne. The fact he's there yeah. screams on yours and my behalf. Father, when you look at them, look at me. It says he has not entered into a tabernacle made with hands, but into heaven itself. Yes. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. His presence makes intercession. Number two, his blood makes intercession. Yes. Hebrews 12, 24 says the blood of sprinkling, which speaks a better thing than that of Abel. Hallelujah. Blood speaks. And his blood is crying out mercy on the mercy seat in heaven on yours and my behalf. And number three, I believe Jesus is speaking words before the throne. I believe he's praying John 17. This is what I've been doing everywhere. I think John 17 is the things that Jesus cares about and how he prays to Abba for us. We need to get deeply saturated in John 17. Because the things that Jesus takes a lot of pride in is keeping that which Father given. He's got a lot of good pride and not losing what the Father's given him. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Jesus. I believe it's Luke 20. I believe the last seven years have been Luke 22, 31. Simon, Simon, Satan's ass to sift you as weak. And I told him to take his best shot on one, on one condition. I get to pray for him. Think about, first of all, I don't, how is Satan coming to you? How is he asking? And why are you telling him yes? Why are you saying yes? Why are you telling him yes? He goes, no, I told him to take his best shot on one condition. I get to pray for him. Wow. Not praying. It's already settled. The prayer of Jesus for us. 
He says, I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Look around the room. Look at each other. I don't know, Harley, that many people in here. But if I were to really know your story, you know what I'd be thinking? How are you in here? <laughs> so you had that happen? What are you doing in here? What are you doing here? Why aren't you dead? Come on, come on. Why aren't you drunk, passed out somewhere? Why aren't you A, B, C through Z, fill it in? Why aren't you here? It's because there's a man at the right hand of the Father who's worried to you. I prayed for you that you should not fail, which means the thing you've walked through isn't going to cripple you and it's not going to take you out. your faith should not fail. And after you've returned, take the power of that breakthrough and go strengthen others' life. Jesus' prayers. You first got to let him do it for you before he does it through you. That is your elevator to the penthouse. Is letting him wash your feet in John 13. You will have no part with him until you become a better receiver. You won't make it because the gap of your inability to receive is the stuff you have to make up in your own strength, your own wisdom, your own resource, and that burden's resting on you. Yes, amen. You've got to fill up that gap to make up the gap of what you have to the table versus the elevator of receiving divine grace to bring you into his holy heart so that you can partner because he wants to set you with him in the heavenly places. That place of rest, that place of intimacy, that place of authority, that place of understanding, bridal, priestly identity. And that he sets you there. So I've been saying it. See him at the right hand of the Father. Number two, receive. And number three, join. Join. Do you know that you're joined with that man right now? Wow. Do you know that? First Corinthians six seventeen says, "He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit." Put your hand on your belly. You are one spirit with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I am one spirit with Jesus Christ. Jesus. It's not nice little symbolism, poetry. No, I am. I have the same spirit. I'm yoked to that man. Jesus. I'm yoked to it and I'm connected to it. Which means this, I can feel what Jesus is feeling when he feels it. I can pray what Jesus is praying when he prays it. I can say what Jesus is saying when he says it. Because I'm joined to him. Amen. And you have the Spirit of God, Romans 8, 26. The Spirit Himself helps us in our weaknesses. The gaps of knowing what to say, when to say, how to say. For the Spirit makes intercession for us 
He goes, for we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which are too deep to be uttered. Now, a lot of us stop in Romans 8, 26, but you know Romans 8, 27, it now brings us into Jesus. It says, he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. For he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, which means this, Jesus and Holy Spirit are in unity in bringing you in to the full will of God. Thank you, Lord. Because that's when he says that God's for us, who can be against us. No, no, no. That's when he says all these things work together for good for those who are called according to the purpose. Mm -hmm. Means you've got heaven above you, you've got heaven in you, you've got heaven around you. Push yes. into this thing. Holy Spirit, joining Jesus. See, this is what happens. This is what Cheryl was hitting. You know what happens as you learn how to become a better receiver? It's going to deliver you of self idolatry. Yes, amen. It's going to deliver you of narcissism. Amen. It's going to deliver you of your whole prayer life being about you being a little happier. Mm. Amen. See, we, we've gotten so emasculated and impotent in our prayers. We can't amen. amen. how our lives are going. Come on. And it's because we haven't joined him and entered into his heart wow. of being wow. for the lost world. Jesus. We can't even get there because it's about us and how I'm feeling. Jesus. Jesus. He, I want to tell you, receiving the love of God delivers you of selfishness. Yes, you, Lord. It delivers you of self by Thank God. you, Lord. It doesn't enforce it. It delivers you. So that you can join Him in the given life. In the Amen. given life. That's the power of the glory of God, the grace of God. It's living outside yourself. Amen. Because sin turns inward. They didn't know they were naked until they sinned. It goes inward. Self-awareness. And most of us are so wrapped in our little world and Jesus is my Dr. Phil who helps me. He's my count. He helps. And it's about me. No, it's about us getting delivered of us so we can join him in his labor. Our cities, our regions, and be poured out. He makes intercession for God so loved he gives. Jesus. And it's not doing that to get his attention. It's doing that because you can't get any richer than you already are. Do you understand this? The richer you know you are is what brings you to go to the lowest place. It's not like you become servants, so think less of yourself. No, get absolutely inebriated on how rich you've become. Yes. Get absolutely lost in it. And finally, you'll stop waiting at the bottom of the table for the scraps of a position or someone noticing you. Or you getting a new breakthrough or getting into a new room. When you revelate on how rich you are, you're free to become Yes. You're free to quit holding on. Free to quit fighting and jockeying for position because you're liberated to become a servant. And not a servant because that's what you're supposed to do. There's people that are doing the, all the, the seats and the cars and they, they're servants forever, but they just hide out there because they don't want to look at God. 
No, no, he's so humble. No, he just don't want to look at God. But God's blessing too. I mean, it's beautiful, but I'm not going to let him hide either. And nobody hides. But we need servants. We need people running the cars and all that stuff. We need people. I believe God wants to lay hold of us with a spirit of intercession. In the world, you'll have tribulation. Be a good cheer. I'm going to come to the world. Yeah. Then what do you do? John 17, 1. Do you have a place where you go after you say, in the world, you'll have tribulation. Be a good cheer. I'm going to come to the world. Do you lift your eyes or do you put your head down? Jesus lifted his eyes at the beginning of John 17, 1. Yes. And the disciples watched him for 26 verses, talking with eyes open to the sky. That's what they saw. Do you see someone when you lift your eyes? Do you have a vision of the throne? Is the throne alive on the inside of you? This isn't nice little therapy. This is the anchor of our soul in the midst of turbulent generations. In the midst of every generation. But specifically, this revelation comes to the forefront. Psalm 29. He sat enthroned at the flood. He sits as king forever. Yes, amen. Which means when the flood waters of this world is breaking up against the everlasting throne, we have connected to that unshakable throne. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So we can join him in intercession for the world. We can ask him for our inheritance. We can prophesy to the ground. We can prophesy to the city. We can prophesy to the church. We can call forth the promises of God. We can weep the the land. We can prophesy the ground. We can speak to the ground. Rise up, bones. We can speak to bones. Yes. This is where I feel like we're going. I do feel like this season shifted. I do. I'm still speaking gift of tears for some people that are on the back end of it. But I'm feeling we're crossed over. And I'm here to tell you, the Lord told me at the start of 2020, we're in Jeremiah 12.5 seasons. That if you're worn out with the footmen, how will you do with the horses in the floodplain of the Jordan? Which means it's only going to get more intense. Which is even more of an urgent appeal. To get delivered from Christianity in your own strength, your own wisdom, yes. your own resource. Bring it. Get Bring over it. yourself already. Bring it. Get Bring it. Get deeply confident and, and learn how to receive. Jesus. Thank you, Adam. Learn how to Thank receive. Thank you, Lord. So you can join it. Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues is how you access the intercession of the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues is, is, we don't even talk about it anymore. I want to give every one of you a call to 20 minutes a day. Put your eyes on the throne and your hand on your belly. You walk in your room. You walk in your prayer room. You walk in your living room. And you begin to lift your soul to God by praying in the Holy Ghost. And you break through out of your funk and you begin to say, Holy Spirit, take me into your intercession. Take me into your intercession. 
for the world around me. Take me into your intercession for East Bay. Take me into your intercession for Sacramento, for Northern California, for Southern California. Take me into your intercession. Be like, I ain't got my prayer language. Well, we'll pray for you in a second. Amen. Amen. I'm just sick of that. I got tongues that think God, you, you pray to the Holy Ghost. Do you pray to yes. the Holy Ghost? I mean, for me. Do you pray in the Holy Ghost? Is it your default when you don't know you're doing it? Are you doing it? Come on. Come on. I'm an early morning guy, so it's always love it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Holy Thank you, Lord. Our, he's our tour God. He, he's the connector. He's the one that causes us to ascend in the heart of God. The love of God's poured into our hearts. It's Mary of Bethany. If I had time, we'd walk through Mary. Because Mary started at a table and she ended at a table in John 12. She had to go through the John 11 nightmare, and that's where you get oil. Is when Jesus is four days late. Come on. And you got to go through the divine delay of the crushing. And how are you going to respond? Are you going to be like Martha with plastic t shirts and bumper stickers? Hiding behind theological constructs. Are you going to let moments like that cut you and bring you into a new place of prayer? Will you let the moment cut you, or will you hide behind theological constructs? Martha had theological discussions. Mary awakened a groan in Jesus. And provoked the weeping God to weep in front of the world. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus. I do believe resurrection is here. But the oil of John 12 got produced in John 11. And Jesus and Mary showed up at a table. Simon the leper's there. Yeah. Lazarus is there. And Mary put all eyes on Jesus. I had to tell you. If you don't learn how to do Luke 10. And come out of the tyranny of the urgent. And quit missing Jesus and doing all the stuff around Jesus. And learn how to discover the glory of the moment. And the glory of sitting and drinking and eating of his words. If you don't learn that and you live in the swirl around Jesus. When crisis comes knocking at your door. All you're going to have is anxiety. And shallow mm. phrases and no equity with God. Jesus. Martha tried to barge into the doctor's office. Mary got called into the doctor's office. Mm. What are you mm. talking about? I don't have time. <laughs> time. Uh. But it's showing up to oil. Martha ran right up to Jesus, standing right at him. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again. I know he will rise again at the resurrection, the last day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I know! <laughs> There's coming a resurrection! <laughs> he goes, 
because I am the resurrection. Ah. It's yeah. not just coming. Quit putting me in your safe boxes. Yeah. Jesus. I want for you to pull me Jesus. into the story. I want you to pull resurrection in. He goes, do you believe this? Yes, Lord, I believe you're the Christ, Son of the living God. Bang, she hit the wall. She runs back into the city and said, Mary, the teacher's coming. He's calling for you. Mary got called. Martha tried to barge. I feel like we've ran through that dark night. And I feel like we're coming through on the other side. And it's the season of oil. It's the season of memorial. It's the season of the breaking and the anointing Hallelujah. and the power of the gospel Hallelujah. that goes forth. It's gospel. Wherever this gospel is preached, what this woman's done will be told as a memorial. Thank you. It's about the expansion of the gospel Jesus. and about lives that manifest it. It's about gospel impact and gospel influence. But it got carved in Luke 10 and John 11. Sitting and walking through crushing. And I believe with all my heart, he wants to take the oil that's been produced in this house and he wants to expand it and pour it all yes. over this region. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. I love it because he actually gives us a, a tangible picture of what... Uh, what, what a life looks like that's been impacted by the gospel. They do what Mary did. Which means it's tangible. That's what it looks like. I think the Lord's going to begin to uh, use this house. Use praying churches in this region. To give a visible glimpse of how you say thank you and how you live in light of the power of the gospel. He's going to deliver it. I believe it. I've been saying it. The days of Sunday-only Christianity are over. Come on. Come on. They're over. Guys, it's not. It's it's over. Yeah. It's over. Amen. Now, we can prop it up, but Jesus himself is shifting this thing yes. into communities built around the presence of God. Yes. Families built around the presence of God. Yes. Let's just stand.